0: We're live. We're here. We're ready. we're going. We're ready to rock and roll. today, ladies and gents. We're going to be talking about the cash flow quadrant. That's because I've been Whoop. messed up. I think I messed up. I don't know how this stuff got yeah, messed totally up, but messed it happened. Up. I'm taking it. Here we go.
1: Shut up and sit down. down. Business. Ah. The Business Bros Podcast was created for you. Learn from the business professionals who come to share their stories. Find out what's working in business on social media, what's hot and what's not, straight from the mouths of successful entrepreneurs out there doing the real work. And now, welcome to another episode of...
0: Business Proves! <laughs> all right, all right. Look, uh, you know, today it's funny. Uh, I started class with uh, with the, the core values that I've been learning at Billie Jean's... Uh, Advertising stuff. Right. And Mm. one of the core values, the very first one, uh, don't make excuses, make it happen. And rule number two is, uh, everything is your fault. And yep. I'm going to take the heat on this one. So, uh, we had, uh, it looked, it looked like we had double booked. It it looked, it it was weird because it wasn't double booked. It was single booked, but the dates on the calendar were backwards compared to the dates that we had on our, on our production. So Either way, um, you know,
2: as as I'm looking at the calendar invite, it says, you know, rescheduling from Friday the 23rd to Monday the 26th. So I don't know how or why that happened because whatever. We, 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 we messed up, man. I messed up somewhere. I messed up. So everything is my fault. And
0: that's the way the cookie crumbles. That's the only way I can learn and and make, uh, make things better. Ben, if you're listening, I'm sorry, man, I messed up and I didn't uh, get you squared away. Uh, shoot me a DM and then we'll get you uh we'll get you rebooked on on a different time slot to get, make sure we get you the stuff that we need to, because it's not fair to you. Wasn't your fault. Uh, I, I messed up somewhere and, uh, we just had to kind of, Continue moving forward. But James and has same a fire thing. Intro. And
2: same thing, same thing to uh, Dr. Liz Bapasola, who was uh, the other person that was scheduled to be on. Yeah. So, yeah. so but you know, I think she both actually of you did all.
0: need to reschedule because she disappeared from the calendar. So she actually did reschedule.
2: So, anyways, ah, okay. So, case
0: in point, we messed up. It was, uh, it was, you know, we farted, and, uh, brain farted, and that's it. We're, uh, we're moving past it. But James does have a fire intro for was- both of y'all. <laughs> James does have a fire intro for both of y'all. So we had to come up with a, a different topic. So. Uh, uh, one of the near and dear authors uh, that we've we've really liked uh, i mean i think the first time i picked up one of his books robert kiyosaki's books was rich dad poor dad and i was about 19 years old mm-hmm. uh, i was working at the Damn, bank at half the a time left him. i know it's so long almost 20 years ago so i was working at wells fargo at the time i was working in the cash vault uh, and it wasn't it, it's a teller job but i don't really deal with customers we'd uh, get those armored trucks no to come people. in deliver bags of money we kind of sorted it we sorted the dollars the bills the change the checks fun. right it was a cool job it was a cool job um but one day i was filling change orders and i remember sitting there putting money in the envelope for the Padres because the Padres were one of the customers for uh for wells fargo and i was filling these envelopes with money and i remember looking at this and then i asked you know i was like what is this what does this money represent like why are we filling this money for the potteries don't they get paid their salaries and they said, yeah, but this is their dinner money. So when they go on a road trip, they get this envelope with money to for them to go, you know, have dinner, whatever they need. Their per diem, right? Uh, and I remember counting because they were going on a two-day road trip, two- or three-day road trip. And I was like, dude, they're getting more money in this two- or three-day road trip per diem money envelope on top of their normal salary that they get for playing baseball, right? I was like, they're getting more money than I make in a month in this little envelope. And I thought to myself, dude, I'm doing something wrong here right? Like, I'm, I'm on the wrong
2: side of this transaction. I'm way on the wrong side of this transaction. <laughs> I'm
0: just happy that I realized that at 19, right? At 19, mm-hmm. I was like, dude, mm-hmm. this is not what I want to do. And at that time, I remember, you know, I remember talking to people who had been at the bank for, you know, 20 years prior to I, from the day that I started. And they were telling me things like, hey, make sure you, you sign up for your 401k, you max out the investment because, you know, you don't want to have this regret later down the road. Uh, You know, once you're here for like 20, 30 years, it's a great job. And not that they're wrong or anything. This this is definitely not wrong. Jobs to have. That's a great Mm -hmm. strategy to have um, if you're going to be working for a long time. I just, it didn't resonate with me. It didn't, it wasn't something I didn't see myself staying at Wells Fargo for the next 30 years of my life doing this particular thing. Just not for me. And don't get me wrong. The people there were amazing. The job Mm -hmm. was cool. Like I had fun at that job for sure. Uh, You know, there was never a dull moment that was going on in, in that place. But it was not something that I wanted to do for that long, not for the paycheck that I was getting. And I know there are a lot of people out there that are kind of wondering the same thing. Maybe you've been at your job for 5, 10, 15, 20 years, whatever it is or uh, maybe you're at the point where you're starting to think about retirement or you're starting to think about your exit strategy or maybe you're like me you're just getting started you graduated high school and you're just getting started in this work you know w2 environment and uh, at 19 years old when i when i had that epiphany i remember picking up rich dad poor dad and reading it Right. And that was weird for me. So I wanna I wanna you know premise this. I was not a reader back then. <laughs> <laughs> I got through high school without reading a book, except for of mice and men, because we read it out loud in class, right? That's the only time I ever read a book. But I picked up this book and I started reading it. Uh, and it really changed the way I looked at money and, mm-hmm. and the way I looked at the way we were receiving that money, the income that was
2: coming in and how we were paying bills. All right, I'm gonna ask you real quick, what's what's like the number one biggest takeaway from Rich Dad, Poor Dad? Because I have an answer for you.
0: For me, it was the way money flows. Mm-hmm. Like the the pictures that he shows in that book where he shows the income, uh, the income and expense column, and then they have the assets and liabilities. I, I think it's two things. The way, the way money flows and that if I spend my life buying assets, money, you know, an asset is something that puts money in your pocket rather than buying liabilities, something that takes money out of your pocket, then over time I would be successful. Right. And, and, uh, you know, it, it, the thing he hints in that book is the cash flow quadrant. And we're going to kind of talk about the cash flow quadrant, uh, today. But the idea was pretty simple. It was like, okay, look, I'm going to, oh, you're bringing it up right there, huh? Yep. All right, all right. Bring it up to the screen. There we go. So, Robert Kiyosaki, can you make your screen a little bit bigger?
2: Yeah, I'll zoom in here. Zoom in. There we go.
0: The income statements here. You know, the poor income statement. And this is where I was at. Right, I was at Wells Fargo coming in. I had a job. My money would come in in the form of a paycheck. I would pay my bills, and I'd have nothing left over. The poor. That was my income stream. This is how my income statement. Yeah,
2: money. You pay it all out: taxes, rent, food, transportation, clothes, whatever you want to spend. You know, we were stupid kids at the time, and and buying all kinds of stupid crap that we didn't need, and just you know, we weren't putting any of it aside.
0: No, we weren't, and we didn't really know any better, right? Luckily, you know, maybe I, I I'm pretty sure I opened a four hundred one k um at, at Wells Fargo because that's what I was told to do. So some of my paycheck, without me knowing, was going into the asset column and mm-hmm. buying you know whatever it was that my M- probably mutual funds and bonds and stuff from a 401k nothing very significant nothing crazy all. yeah nothing crazy
2: but it's once probably was, to be honest with you we, we probably were closer to that middle class one because we did have mortgages we did have car loans we did have not when i first debt.
0: started not when i first started at wells fargo that happened a little heard, bit yeah you're right you're right.
2: right you're right
0: so afterwards you know when we ended up learning a little bit more about how this game is played a little bit uh, you know, we, we talked to a financial advisor that came over, uh, my dad paid this lady 75 bucks an hour, 150 bucks, 150 bucks that by the way, we didn't really have. Cause we grew up pretty broke. Um, so it was significant that dad invested this money and she came in and basically gave us the, uh, best advice we possibly could. Cause our, 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 idea was simple. We were, you know, 19, 20, 21, you know, 20 years old or so. And our idea was, mm-hmm. dude, we're going to get an apartment and we're going to rent out the rooms with a couple buddies and we're going to live the life. Right. Yep. Yep. And easy. she came in and said, well, why rent an apartment when you can buy a house?
2: And then and at, the time, at the time, at the time. Uh, what was it? It was 2003. So this mm-hmm. is before uh, you know that big crash. Uh, real estate prices were still, you know, halfway decent for for San Diego. I remember that first house that we bought. It was like 275 thousand, and then two years, three years later, when you sold it, it was like
0: 450.
2: <gasps> you know? Yeah. Exactly. Exactly.
0: exactly. So we were just in a in a in a good market, but we followed directions, and that's when we became more of a middle class. We started earning a little bit of money. The money that we would earn would go out and pay our liabilities, and pay for the mortgage, and pay for the car that we had. I think I had a uh, my car loan was just about done at the time, uh, and then we had whatever expenses, and and that was it. That was the way the cash flows started to work. And as we learned a little bit more and James uh, kind of decided to roll his truck, we kind of got pushed into this idea of a business, right? Earning money a little bit differently. Uh, And so we started to try to build our income statement to look more like the rich where the assets are playing our income. But it's been a journey. I don't think we're even still here 100% yet. I mean, it's still a work in progress. We're still looking a little bit like the middle class, but we are having more of our assets giving us more income than we've de- than we've had in the past, uh, which brings us to the cash flow quadrant. I'm going to take this one off the screen, Ham. If you can pull up the cash flow quadrant. Oh, I got you. Oh, you are already on it. So uh, after Rich Dad Poor Dad, after you kind of understand the way assets and liabilities work, and we start to understand how we should start putting that money away, not really saving it, but investing it and putting it to work with us, uh, we had a business and, and we started to learn about buying assets and and getting our way from being an, an employee to becoming more of a business owner. And the truth of the matter is, I mean, Kiyosaki's, is his principles was pretty basic and simple. He's like, look, build businesses and invest in real estate. Um, the the concept there stuck with me. I, I understood that. I was like, oh, okay, cool. Build businesses, invest in real estate. That's great. The problem was, even though I had read Rich Dad, Poor Dad, even though I had read Cash Flow Quadrant, I don't think I really had an understanding on how to build a business, right? How to build something that we have today. The insurance company we have today is a true business, Um, but it's not something that we knew right away. I got into... Other businesses as things went on, I started a tax practice. But as you know, in tax practice, um, that means I was doing tax returns. I was sitting with a client. I was marketing myself. I was out there, you know, doing my continuing education. I was what we call self-employed. So I'm going to bring this up right here. So on the left side of the cash flow quadrant, we got employees and self-employed. And this is where we stayed for a very long time. An employee was when I was working at Wells Fargo or when I was working at H&R Block. I would go in, I'd clock in, I'd start at a certain time, I'd end at a certain time. I was exchanging my time for money. I worked for, you know, I'll take you back, the the Wells Fargo days, I thought I was rolling in dough and I think I was making like eight bucks an hour or $9 an hour back then. But to be fair to fill up my Honda it cost like 10 bucks and I would complain about back that then. right yeah back then so uh you know but that's that's exchanging oh, time for days. money all oh, the good old days so I was exchanging time for money jets when James was working at the, as a subcontractor for Cox cable he was doing the same thing exchanging his time for money when we started working on our businesses we wanted to become a business owner but what we were and what most business owners are is self employed They're still exchanging their time for money. The only difference between what they were doing as an employee and self-employed is they're the boss, right? When you're self-employed, you're the boss, but you're also the worker. You're also the accountant. You're also the marketer. You're also the face of the company. You're everything. When you go on vacation, your paycheck goes on vacation, that's what it's. That's what it's like being self-employed. General contractors, a lot of them are self-employed. Plumbers, a lot of them are self-employed. There's a uh, you know lawyers, even doctors, doctors with small practices. Lawyers, a lot of them are self-employed. And it looks. It doesn't matter the size of the self-employed business. Some of these guys can make you know two hundred, three hundred, four hundred thousand dollars a year in in revenue or more. or, or net and more. Right. It doesn't matter but they're still self-employed. They still have to show up every single day. They still have to do the work every single day. And if they don't, if they go on vacation, their money goes on vacation. On the right side, we have business owners and we have investors. And notice for the business owner, this is when your employees are making your money for you. And the step from becoming a self-employed person to a business owner, that wasn't the easiest journey for us. I mean, I'll be 100% honest. It's hard to relinquish control at first. <laughs> yeah, like you realize that you're what you're doing. You're the best at it, right? Or at least you tell yourself that you 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 think you are. You're the only one who can get the job done the way the customer wants. You're the only one who can do this. Who has the skill set to complete the task at hand, right? That's the mentality that a lot of self-employed individuals have. Contractors, for example, there's nobody who's gonna. Check on the work, or you know, hit that nail the right way, or frame up that house the way you're supposed to. A plumber only I can lay that pipe the way it's supposed to. Pun intended. Uh. (laughs) Right? They're like, you're you're, it's hard for you to hire somebody on because you know that they're not as experienced as you, they're not as skilled as you. Um, So you bring them on and they become your helper. Right? You bring on somebody who can kind of be your partner, but you're still there doing all the work. You're still there clocking in every single day. James, I want you to kind of tell me a little bit about what it was it like for the you know seven years or so of being self-employed compared to now being a business owner.
2: <laughs> um I mean, it it definitely was was night and day almost kind of difference. Um, you know, when I was working and being the primary person in charge of the agency. I was up, you know, five, six, seven in the morning and I was in bed. seven, eight, nine, ten o'clock at night and just basically working the whole time. I mean, I would stop for food and, you know, working out like I would get those other things done throughout the day, but it was literally just every spare moment that I had, I was just working, working, working. And even when I wasn't actively sitting in front of my computer working, I was thinking about work. I was thinking about what the next thing is. And, you know, just, just constantly, constantly in it. I really didn't have, um, a lot of free time, social life. (laughs) I mean, I had enough of a social life. I, I still did stuff, but, you know, just, there wasn't a lot of, of free time. There was just, constantly constantly in in the business and uh if i wasn't if i was to stop my income would have stopped like the business wasn't going to keep going without me there you know so it was it was not just the fact that i had to like keep working it was also the fact that if i stopped everything stopped
0: Mm. what what changed? Like, like at what point? Because you could have kept doing it, right? And you could have continued to grow it at the rate we were growing it. But you kind of, you know, started well, getting burnt out. You started getting stressed out. You, you started know, a little I'll, change.
2: I'll tell you what. The what the big difference was was when I took over the company like a hundred percent, and we didn't have our partners anymore. Mm-hmm. That was that was the big like game changer. Um, because, you know, when it came to having all these partners, they had expectations, you know, of what I should be doing to, you know, honestly, I I I was almost as much an employee as, you know, anything else, uh, because of these expectations. But once I took over the ownership of the company, like I felt like, okay, well, I don't have to necessarily be the one doing all of this work anymore. There's somebody that I've been training for the past year and a half who, you know, Can take my place who is really good at everything that I'm really good at and can take my place and I think that that's that's uh you know what a lot of self-employed people have trouble doing is saying this person you know maybe they're they're not as good at as me at certain things right but that's okay like being able to just relinquish that control and be okay with you know whatever the other person does to me as far as i'm concerned like angel being in charge she's way better at it than 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 me because she like she's really good (laughs) she's just really really good and patient and kind and you know sweet and like all these things that i felt like i just didn't have the patience for Mm. a lot of times so you know it was it, it it's for me, it's like, Nope, Nope. This person definitely is, is better than me. But I think that self-employed people often have that problem where they just can't trust anybody to run it. Or, you know, I, I have let go of the expectation of perfection, right? Whether it was for myself or for anybody else, it's like, no, sometimes things go wrong. We do everything we can to stop things from going wrong, but sometimes mistakes happen. That's normal. And, you know, our, Job after that is to figure out how to, you know, fix it and make sure that it doesn't happen again, you know, but then there's going to be something else that we didn't expect. And then we have to find a solution to that. And then something else that we didn't expect or foresee. And we find a solution to that. That's, that's the job. How did you, uh, how
0: did you make the change now? So, okay. You decided, you know, business became yours, hundred percent, you're running everything. What choices, what things did you have to do, put in place in order for you to go from self-employed to become a business owner?
2: You know, it's funny is a lot of the systems were already in place. I just had to remove myself from being part of the system. That was that was the big thing. Um, The systems were already being built. The systems were already being put into place. The automations, the tracking, the uh, submissions, forms, you know, like everything that I had been doing was to create a system that somebody else could run. That's always been my uh, my 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 oh. method, right? Even when we did uh, PC Cruisers way back in 2004, 2005, like create the system so that other people could work it. We had employees back then. Yeah, I remember because we I would still... go to the
0: office and play video games all day. Yeah,
2: we were still doing a lot of things within the business. Like, you know, you being the accountant and, you know, me being whatever the manager and still going on jobs and, you know, whenever the guys weren't available or, or, or whatever, staying behind and, and fixing the computers that were at the office. You know, there were there were things that um, that we didn't or couldn't remove ourselves from, you know, at that time. Um, but it was always even back then, the intent was always to build a system that somebody else can run. So that's, you know, that's really like, for me, what what I was going to say as far as like the takeaways from, from Kiyosaki's book from Rich Dad, Poor Dad, number one was exactly what you showed the way that money flows between poor middle-class and the rich and knowing that I want my assets to feed my income. That's what I want. I want my assets to feed my income. Um, But the other thing that I took away from it was the difference between a business owner and someone who's Mm self-employed. And I knew that I wanted, I've always known that I wanted to be a business owner and not self-employed. So that was to to answer your question. It was removing myself from the system and allowing somebody else to take that spot.
0: Now investor, Mm investor, All right. So business owner, the the cool thing about the business owner status now, like, for example, when when, when James is talking about is he's got a lot of free time. Uh, We've talked about the sabbatical that you've been on for the last couple of months where you're just kind of like figuring out what you want to do with your time. Um, And you started doing a little bit of fun stuff. And I wouldn't necessarily still call it in as an investor when you're doing the options because it's still you making the options. But uh, what did you what's your takeaway about becoming an investor? What does that look like?
2: Um, I, I guess I'm going to disagree with you and say that, that the options trading stocks trading, that is part of the investing. I mean, sure. I have to take some time to, um, to, you know, watch the market, play the market, place my trades, whatever, all that stuff. Um, but it's still money working for me. So the thing about options, the way that, that I trade is options, have a certain value and they lose value as time goes on. So I sell it while it's high, while it's valuable. And as time goes on, as long as it doesn't get past that point, I actually make money every day. Right. So that's that's cash flow to me. Uh, the other side of that, though, I mean, is using the money that we make, using the revenue that we make from our business to continue to invest. So it's it's a matter of staying, you know, disciplined and you know, the, the 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 same 10% rule that we apply to our personal finances applying that to the business finances and boom, that 10% goes aside that's our investment money. And whether it's stocks, options, you know, things that that will accelerate uh the speed of our money or later on down the line uh when we buy real estate like that's the ultimate. That's the ultimate um, cash flow investment because once we get that piece of real estate, especially if we're able to pay cash for it, like that's it. That's income, the money money. income, 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 and that, income, and that's that's the goal.
0: My one of my favorite things to do is it uh, is is on the build businesses side. It's it is mm. more on the investment side because. Now we're to the point where I'm like, dude, I think what your concept is is a great idea. Let me put some money and help you develop some systems and let's build this thing, right? And right. that's super cool for me because uh, that that's the passion that I love to do, right? That's where, you know, to see somebody, to help somebody else succeed in a business. And yes, I'm helping them on the self-employed level, right? I, I know that they're the ones still doing the work um, and and I can help guide them into a direction where they can move their way out. But that beginning part to me that's the investment part that's where you know when when we have those profits and 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 we decide where it's going to go sometimes it's you know James is going to try option trade option trade with them sometimes it's like we're going to right now for example we're we're uh we're really putting uh hands down like the main focus of our show is to build a testimonial business around the podcast you know, that's another business that we're building on the side. That one is definitely more of a business build uh, but I'm investing in other companies as well. I'm investing in you know uh, time and money into a taco uh, a taco company uh, within within family right helping uh, other people grow their businesses. So uh, to me the investment is when you're putting money into something and it's going to grow whether uh, on, on on like an ROI value like the value of that asset will grow in the way that we're talking about our stock portfolio. Or investing money in a company where that company is going to grow, and then I'll either reap the rewards of a uh, stock, I'll reap the rewards of dividends, I'll reap the rewards of cash flow, whatever it's going to be after that initial investment. So that's kind of the cool part, I think um, that we are luckily, you know fortunately to be in our lives where we're like, okay, now it's uh, now it's now we've we've created the B. Now it's time to start working on our eye, right? Now it's time to start working on that investment portfolio. And that's, to me, dude, that's, that's been the greatest transition. I mean, okay, granted, pick up that first book almost 20 years ago. And, and uh, I thought I had it figured out after the first couple years, but, but we hit hiccups along the way. We've had yeah, we businesses that 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 become really successful and then really flop. We've had businesses that were like, <laughs> eh, okay, successful, but we learned something new after every single one. We've had some that you know, last you know, four you, or five you actually years.
2: had some early success in building a true business when you had the uh, cleaning company,
0: yeah, that one was decent and but and and that's the thing is is yeah, I learned how to do that. and yeah, I wasn't doing the cleaning as much or whatever, but it was still kind of something i built for somebody else that had no clue how to do something right and so mm-hmm. uh, same type of thing yeah yeah same i got type you of thing, right? like, that's so,
2: that's you 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 do really well well how do you say it you turn your your passion into profit
0: i know. <laughs> i learned how to turn my my passion into
2: work dude <laughs> other people other people's passion into other profit passion come on man say work. it right don't 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 say it like i said it. we're like man you know how to take something that's fun and turn it into work No, no, no. no. We turn your passion into profit. That's better. We turn
0: your passion into profit. That's That's what we can do. That's what we do. Turn your passion into profit. All
2: right. Let's cut this one out
0: for today. So, ladies and gents, if you haven't, pick up Robert Kiyosaki's book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. I know it's over 20 years old, but the fundamentals in that book are still amazing. The other one is Cashflow Quadrant. That's the second book. You guys can check those things out. Uh, I mean, they're really cheap. You can get them on Audible if you want. You can get them in hardback. You can get them in paperback. Get them used. Get download PDFs, all kinds of cool stuff. The point is, pick up the book, read it, and start to take a look at your life a little bit differently, your financial life a little bit differently. Understand how money is flowing in your own cash flow statement so that you can alter things, make some small changes to make a drastic change in your life. Just because you own a home, doesn't mean you have an asset that's cash producing. Uh, Just because you have a business doesn't mean you're a business owner. You could still be self-employed and understanding what each of them are, why you're in one category versus the other will allow you to see the opportunities that are presented in front of you. It's not only about learning, it's about implementation. Learn something new every day and apply it, right? That's how it works. And that's how you're going to win. Ladies and gents, last little thing. If you are in business and you want to get more clients, then I suggest you try to somehow get your clients to talk about you 24 hours a day seven days a week. And if you don't know how to do that, that's what we're here for. Go to businessbros.biz testimonials and let us create video testimonials of your clients so that you can use them 24 hours a day. You can put them on your website. You can use them for Facebook ads, YouTube ads. You can send them out to those questionable prospects who may be thinking about working with you or not. When your customers talk about you 24 hours a day, they're making you just a little more popular. And that's what business is all about. It's a popularity contest. You don't Hell gotta yeah. be the best. You just gotta be the one who people talk about every single day as you progress to being one of the best. So businessbros.biz slash testimonials. We'll catch you guys on the next one. Peace out, y'all. And we'll see you again next time.
1: Thank you for listening to the Business Bros Podcast. Are you looking to get more clients or to increase your income?